Welcome to the Leading and Learning Podcast, where we will share our learning and application of great books so we can improve the way we love, serve, care, and learn while we lead. Whether you are a student, parent, teacher, principal, central office leader, or in any other leadership role, you will grow your leadership skills with us. Now here are your hosts, the media man himself, Willie Thomas, and myself, also known as Cruise Director Colette Pledger. So in this one, we're going to be discussing and talking about the fourth core principle that Jimmy Costas talks about is that it's educators serve as merchants of hope. So when I think about that and and what he talks about in this book or this chapter here and about how it is us up, up up to us, kind of like carrying the banner, but bringing those positive environments uh, into our classrooms, into our campuses, into our community as well. Right. And it talks about how uh, when it came to one of the, the different strategies, when it came to working with students, when he was uh, with the principal, when he was the principal and working with students, and when he did have interactions with students, and I, I, I want to equate it to teachers too as well, uh, then we have those conversations, whether it's a discipline action or just, you know, uh, just kind of planning or, or things that are going on, but following up, following up from those conversations that you've had with them. That's where he comes into the picking up the pieces. And what I like what he quotes here is how he modeled over and over the value and importance of following up with students a day or two after dealing with them in any type of discipline situation. So not just letting it go, oh, I talked to them, I check it off my list. And what that does is I feel like it, it lets that child know that, okay, so he really does care for me. He's just not doing his job uh, to discipline me. Right, right. And I think even, you know, and things like that, you know, if somebody's gone, um, going, you know, gone for a few days, gone for several days for whatever reason, or kids are in ISS or DAEP for whatever reason that you, you know, you then catch them in the class or in the hallway or go by intentionally to see them and tell them, I'm so glad you're back. I'm so glad you're back in class. If they were an ISS and a student, you know, if they're a teacher, I'm so glad that you're healthy now and able to come back. So, Absolutely. Like that just lets them know that you care. And lunchtime is the best time to follow up like that with kids, especially if you're an administrator. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, I liked um, the first part in this chapter where he talks about something that he did with staff, um, which I have never done, uh, but I've done something a little bit different with roses. And he talks about every rose has its thorn. And he put up a picture. He gave them roses or whatever. And, and you know, he asked them what they noticed about the roses. And they all went to the to the beautiful flower that roses are, whether it's mm-hmm. a rosebud. Some people really like those, and they're beautiful. Oh, when yeah. they open up, I love my rose bush um, that I have. And I love them at all different times like that, too. And he said, we always focus on, on that beautiful rose. Um, and we forget about all those thorns or the things that, you know, protect that rose or that, that made it become that. And, but sometimes in our jobs as teachers and administrators, we tend to focus on the thorns way oh, yes. more than we focus on the roses. Yeah. And every rose does have its thorns, um, but we, if we focus on the beautiful flower or that more, kind of the same thing, that kind of the common theme that we've talked about through all of this, but, um, his one of his statements really resonated with me. I feel like this is kind of the way I feel all the time. And he just says that the the people that who he works with and the staff and the students are constantly on my mind. And more than anything, he says he wanted them to look forward to coming to school every day. He wanted them to feel valued, to believe um, that that the administration genuinely cared about them, 
and that they felt honored and that their contribution was was noticed and and that they made a difference in the school and the community and that's definitely how I feel um I think that's how most administrators do feel yeah I mean just being able to instill that like you know hope inside of children and and our staff members that uh you know I do matter I do count uh every time I walk through these doors uh, I know kind of going with you what you're talking about with the rose and the thorns a lot of our students uh unless we're taking that time to establish those meaningful relationships uh all we see sometimes are just the roses too uh you know sometimes you know you got students who aren't going to show you those thorns you don't know what's happening behind uh you know in their personal lives or with their family at home or maybe something might have just happened in gym or even in the lunchroom uh they're going to put those fronts on so uh that's that's why you have to take those times and provide those opportunities for students and staff to know that you do care and that's you know through those conversations and getting to know them looking past those roses or sometimes past those thorns yeah, I think um, Flip Flippin, I think, is who said with Capturing Kids Hearts, one of the things in his training is that, you know, whenever you become a teacher, you kind of lose the ability to lose it, you know, mm. and um, as administrators, too, I think we, you know, feel that way. And if we feel like at all that we lose it a little bit, we, I mean, I personally at least beat myself up, you know, that negative dog again coming back. But, you know, he talks about bringing your best self to work every single day, Um giving two minutes of your time to one student and one staff member every day. Two minutes. Two minutes. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, yeah, you can look at it. Oh, that's going to add up. I mean, that's, that's not much. I mean, that's literally a, as they come through the hallway, that's a, Hey, you know, how are you doing? And just, you know, maybe if all with that little quick little follow-up question, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's what it takes. Yeah, I know you'll like this one. He says, value the mistakes of others. Risk takers are born here, and if you yourself make a mistake, own it, apologize, ask mm-hmm. for forgiveness, and work to make it sure it doesn't happen again. And we talked about this yesterday. I mean, you know, you or this morning, I think I was with somebody, and they were talking about that's whenever you learn. It's Most mistakes, are, they're not fatal. No. Um, they're an opportunity to learn. That's right. This is where we learn and grow the most is when we do make that mistake and we are able to reflect and look back on our mistakes or even mistakes of others and then help them grow and go past that too as well. Uh, I mean, nobody's perfect. I, mean, I, yeah, I know sometimes we like to portray it, especially out there in social media and the things that we do in our lives sure. and the things that we're putting, uh, look, you know, look at me, this, uh, you know, I, I challenged out there one time, hey, Instead of posting that perfect picture, that perfect whatever it is, but go ahead and post that mistake. Something bad that may have happened in the classroom or a lesson. I promise you there's probably somebody out there on Twitter or Facebook who can say, hey, have you tried this? And then now you're learning and you're growing from that as well. So, Or I had that same situation and I did this and mm-hmm. it fixed it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, so for sure. And this is another good one, I think, especially this year. I mean, as we're dealing with kids coming back after not being in school, I know we've spent a lot of time at the beginning of the year, teachers did, um, having to just teach kids how to be in school again. Oh, you yes. know, they, had, they hadn't sat at a desk yes. and hadn't worked in a room for quite some time. It's not normal. <laughs> but in addition to possibly losing, you know, um, a you know, some learning, missing out on some mm-hmm. learning, different kids in lots of different places. But it says you will not always see immediate results when working with kids, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't have high expectations. That's and right. To be a merchant of hope, don't be negative, bring that positive energy every single day. Um, you know, we're the only ones with the power to choose our own response. I love that. I, the, the thing I think that gets me the most is the, the limiting our students. The, the things that we don't do or try in our classroom, 
because we're afraid that we don't understand how it works or we don't understand how the, what the outcome is going to be. So I'm not going to try it. Uh, you know, provide your students those opportunities, you know, to fail, to explore, to create, to collaborate, know, and, and, and learn something new. Don't, don't not do it because once again, you don't feel comfortable with it. That, that right there is probably one of the things that gets me the most and probably is what gets me out of bed too and coming to work every day. Uh, that, that's probably my why is to help teachers and students uh, not be limited by the things that, that we can do and try and push through. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about, uh, you know, not feeling like you're trapped in a box, but being creative, you know, mm-hmm. in the box that you have. I mm-hmm. think George Kuros talks about he that did. in his book, doesn't he? An Innovator's mm-hmm. Mindset. He sure did. Uh, it's, it's somewhere else too, but that's definitely where he talks about it. And, I, and I'm, I'm a big believer in love and logic. I, I've used it with my children, both of them. Um, really got entrenched in it when my oldest was um, probably about first grade is whenever I really, you know, was able to go to the conference, read all of their books, uh, really just implemented that. And I use it all the time. And uh, he talks about bringing that positive self and, you know, asking the kids, like investing in them, like what's something great that's happened today. Uh-huh. And he says, you're always going to have this kid. that Everything's horrible. Everything's horrible. And he gives the funniest response every time I remember. I'll never forget his response because he, he makes lots of laughs in his trainings. But he, he says, well, when you put your toothpaste on your toothbrush this morning, did it stay on there? Or did it like flop off or fall over? And most of the time they're going to oh, say, yeah. oh, no, it stayed on there. <laughs> Look at that positive thing that happened today, you know, just finding something. Just, uh, or, yes. Because yeah. it will flop off sometimes. I, it does. Oh, my gosh. So hopefully it didn't happen that morning <laughs> so to the that's, kids. That's but, good. I know, like that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. That's when you find that. Pot. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you, too, some people, they don't like it. Oh, rainbows and sunshine. That's all. No, that's that's really, that's, that's not what it's about. It's literally choosing to decide, am I going to focus all my energy and all my attention on that one negative thing that happened to me today, or I'm going to, or am I going to move forward and try to make and create a po- positive in some other way? That's, you know, I, like I said, that, that right there, you, you can't let those, and we'll go back to the uh, other chapter, awfulizers, uh, in your lives to do that. That's so. true. That's true. That's true. And, 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 you know, he talks about this. I feel like I keep saying it. It seems to be a common theme. Maybe and maybe that's showing up in my life for a reason, and I need to be more um, counting my blessings and abundance of blessings, but being grateful and yes. gratitude and counting your yes. gratitudes or ranting about your gratitudes instead of ranting about all the things that mm-hmm. are not going the right way, focusing on the rose instead of on the thorn. And he says, regardless of the number of times you are tested in your daily work as an educator, I hope you take the time in these moments to focus on the abundance of blessings rather than on the scarcity or frustrations. I love that. That's that's pretty powerful. That right there can preach. Yeah. I, love, I love that. That's, yeah. I mean, it's because there's so many. And there are days when those negativities, they do, out, they do outnumber and outweigh. But yes, if you can just find that one little glimmer of hope, I tell you, and like I said, we talked about earlier, pal, you never know who's watching. You never know who that student is watching, that employee that's watching you and how you deal with the situation. And sometimes things happen. They're sitting there waiting. What's he going to do? What's she going to do? How are they going to react? Like, let's, let's just see. And then they learn themselves. Okay. Well, I saw, you know, Miss Smith, you know, how she reacted to that situation. So, you know what? I'm going to take that approach this time. I mean, you're growing people without even knowing it. Right. And that's why I believe so much in our vertical alignment days and getting our teachers together across campuses that don't always talk, that talk Mm -hmm. again, talk about the same subject because we we do a great job of building relationships and talking to the teachers, but we work with every day that teach the same subject, same content, same thing. Um, But it's sometimes refreshing to hear people outside of 
you know, our grade level, but that are still teaching that content and their interactions. And doubt, he talks about doubts just part of being an educator. And we talked about that in the last chapter too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have, you have to be a merchant of hope and keep going no matter what. It just reminds me of uh, Dory and just keep swimming. Oh, just right? keep swimming. Yeah. That song <laughs> always plays in my head, I feel like. That's funny. I love, no, that's, that's great. I love uh, how she converted Marlon into that just keep swimming type attitude as well. You know, he was that 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 negative dog and everything. That yes, that's that is a perfect situation know, you just did. That, that is awesome. <laughs> I love that. I, you know, and he goes into these culture builders and he talks about doing student interviews. Um, I, when I was in the classroom, I did it always at the end of the year, and and I reflect back now and I think I really should have done a better job doing that different times mm-hmm. during the year and not just waited till the end of the year and get that reflection. I mean, I I did enjoy those, and it did impact what I did the next year with kids, what things I kept, what things they liked, what things they didn't like, what things I needed to improve, but. You know, it says, what do you love about your class or school? And what can I personally do to ensure your experience in this class or school is a positive one? Now, did you do those once a year or? I only really probably did them once a year. year? This, I think, I mean, I think after reading this and doing that, I, you know, I try to ask teachers, you know, what, what I could do to Uh help them all the time whenever I'm around them. And I think, oh, I should have done that, you know, more Mm -hmm. with my kids in the classroom. So for sure, I would do that differently. Making that investment. I, I love that idea. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't take long. It really doesn't. And there's several different ways to do it through. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, you know, right there in front of them, you know, face to face. I mean, there's tons of there's Google Forms, things like that, that you can do. But just finding that information with them. But when you do find it, actually doing something with it doesn't stick it underneath a folder somewhere or leave it in a drive somewhere right. where it's just sitting. So that's that's where that goes. That's where I think <laughs> we talk about with data and stuff, uh, you know, uh, having those teachers when you are getting that data, it's doing something with that data. It's not just a, oh, I'm taking this off my list. I said, I'm going to get to know you. No, get to know them. Like right. Take that right. time and take that information and do something with it. Yeah, what made you answer this way? Yeah. You can find out so much yeah. about them. Even, you're right, I mean, so many conversations can come up they might not know about something that it was asking, and that could give you an mm-hmm. opportunity to teach or an opportunity for them to tell, or they were daydreaming about something. I know um, Heather Kane in our in our district started a few years ago, something she had seen on Twitter, and, and I know we've used it several times in PD, and several of our teachers did it, just those weekly check-ins with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, just easy, kind of like an exit ticket, but yet not content-based, and just to find out about what's going on in their lives and you know you know all of the things with just tts of what we're supposed to do it says there but just what we know is best practice is bringing anything that's of interest to the kids into the classroom that's all it is and um the older that i get the less connected i am with their things that they're interested in you know the tv shows that they watch and the games (laughs) that that they play you know whether it's on xbox or whether it's a whatever game Mm -hmm. or anything that they do and so I think if you're a young teacher that doesn't have kids or you don't have kids of the age that you teach at that time, you're a little bit more disconnected mm-hmm. from what those kids love and know. And, and each kid is a little bit different anyway, but it sure does let you investigate and learn about that and then try to bring it in the classroom. And you know, my kid always laughs whenever I try to throw in something that she said. I always do it wrong, but I still try. Well, I love it. Uh, you're trying. I, I know one of the things I would do was music because I was DJing. Uh, here in the district there for a while, some of our dances, but I'll be honest, I didn't listen to any of the music that they wanted me to play <laughs> at, at the dances. And so I had to, like you said, have those conversations. Hey, so, you know, what do you listen to nowadays? Or what's something that y'all, you know, we like to study or do homework with, whatever. Just getting that information. So, yeah, I get that. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I just I just really loved every one of the things that, that Jimmy Costas talked about in his book. I think they're definitely, um, you know, things that we need to continue to focus on. Some similar themes and lots of different books mm-hmm. um, that we read and that we look at and that we know are good things to do. Um, but definitely always a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, like I said, was reading through this and, and utilizing all the different strategies and stuff that he has when it comes to uh, building that culture uh, in our district. And even within our little d- department groups and the, in the media specialists that I work with, and then also our curriculum team, uh, just making myself more aware of the things that I'm doing or the things that I could be doing uh, in that. I think that that has uh, been so refreshing. Uh, I know one of the things coming from this that I've really tried to step up was uh, when it comes to our media specialists, they talk about when uh, being a librarian can be sometimes the loneliest job. So I've definitely tried to do away with that train of thought mm-hmm. altogether because no, they don't all see each other all the time because they're on totally different campuses. But I've, you know, we've established communication lines where they actually help and support each other. I try my best to get us all together when we can. Uh, but just building that positive culture that they too can be leaders, they too can help each other, and and uh, they do things sometimes. I dare say it without me even knowing, and they just yeah, go do it, yeah, which I yeah. love because yes. it keeps the flow going. Yes, yes, you, know? you you definitely don't want people that have to feel no. like they have to ask you every time before they do yes. something. You're right. Well, he just says, I mean, you know, all all of those things that he's talked about talk about culturizing your school towards excellence, and that we we are all leaders. Mm-hmm. He he says that multiple times in here, and we all you know, can be responsible for culturizing our schools, our communities, mm. our families mm-hmm. towards excellence. So I, I definitely enjoyed this book. Yeah. Yes. Any closing thoughts that you have on I, Culturize? You know, I tell you, I, like I said, I just, I really think that if you haven't had a chance to read it and had had a chance to uh, go out there and, and utilize a lot of the things and strategies that he's talked about in this book, um, I think it's a, it's a really good awakening sometimes or ahas. Uh, that you've seen, or even some reinforcing things that you're doing in your district and that you may need to say, you know what, it's okay, I am doing this, and this is going to be great, and I'm going to continue to build upon that. So uh, I really like uh, the things that he did to help push and solidify a lot of that. Yeah, well, I I think book recommendations I would have, we always try to give a couple Mm -hmm. at the end. I mean, I definitely think, I mean, I'm always going to say love and logic because I uh, it helped me with my preschooler. It helped me with my strong-willed child, um, which is probably not the one that most people would think was my strong-willed child. My favorite line is, I love you too much to argue. Might or might not have already <laughs> used that one this week, too. Um, works great with, great with teenagers, too. I love just that. So I you know. that. And 20-year-olds. You just get it wherever you want. It just works great with four-year-olds, <laughs> six-year-olds, all up the gamut. Super great. Um, so I always recommend that book. And um, then I guess the other one I would recommend, probably another John Gordon book, because I read all of his recently, would be uh, The Carpenter. He talks about love, serve, and care. Mm. And that's one of the things that we talked about this year, even in our district. But um, that's that's being a merchant of hope, loving and serving and that's caring right. for others. So those will be my two this week. Good deal. Well, I, I love that. And I, like I said, having a, a blast uh, talking about this. And if y'all have any book recommendations that y'all would like for us to maybe read and, t- and discuss and, and talk about and, uh, on this podcast, you know, please feel free to reach out to us. And uh, we thank y'all very much for listening to this episode of the Leading Through Learning podcast. And we'll catch you guys in the next one.